Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Royal Ramble. I am your host, as always, Blaine the Brain, and this is a very special edition of the Ramble, as I am joined by a very special guest. In fact, he's one of the loyal listeners of the show from across the pond, all the way in Ireland, uh, Shane McDonald. Shane, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Good afternoon, Ramblers. Uh, Good to see everybody, and hope you enjoy the show. So I guess before we start talking about the week that was in pro wrestling, I think many of my listeners would like to know a little more about yourself. Uh, Now, you are obviously a wrestling fan, um, so I think the best place to start is right from the beginning. What got you interested in the wacky world of professional wrestling? I think the go-to is Saturday morning cartoons followed by pro wrestling, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. If not that, maybe the Saturday night's main events were, were really, really awesome. I think my earliest uh, memories of wrestling is probably around mid-1991, so shortly after maybe, I think, WrestleMania 7. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where my memories kind of form. But hey, I've probably been watching it before that, before that as well. Can you tell me a little about the pro wrestling culture in Dublin? Uh, how big would you say it is over there in Ireland, actually, is the whole country? Uh, how Have you been to a live event? I've been to a few. We have a couple of promotions now. It's probably in terms of the independent scene. It's probably been busier than it ever has been. You know, you've got guys like the Young Bucks and you've got Will Ospreay touring all the time. Mm. Um, you may have heard of Session Martina. Seems to be a big star all right. across the Indies now, including Ring of Honor. Um, but yeah, no, it has been picking up uh, consistently over the years. And obviously COVID put a dampener on that, but it's, um, it looks to be picking up again. There's a lot of shows on. I try to go to a couple of shows per year also. So, and now uh, looking to the present day, looking at the present day, just comparing when you first started watching wrestling up until now, what has kept your interest uh, in the modern product uh, and what programs are you currently watching? There's always going to be a couple of things. Um, I recently actually cut down on the amount of shows that I watched. There's so much content. Um, I only watch NXT pay-per-views or specials and similar with Impact Wrestling. Um, Not that it's a bad product, it's just too much to watch. Um, I swore I was going to stop watching Three Hours of Raw every week shortly <laughs> after WrestleMania, but I suppose the Cody Rhodes uh, return kind of kind of piqued my interest. I'm still hanging around. I'm still debating whether to continue watching or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of wrestling, just so so much. I've even got to a stage where I might only watch the ends of some matches and watch all the speaking segments just so I can keep in the loop of what's going on. Um, I'm hanging in there. I reckon I'm a lifer. I've dropped out maybe twice over the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. Once during midway through the King Mabel era. Um, also as well, maybe a little bit into the Rootless Aggression area. But otherwise, I've been I've been a mainstay watching pro wrestling. And I probably will be for the rest of my life. Yeah, welcome to the club. Um, it's, it's interesting because we do have a lot of options nowadays. And now, as opposed to when we were growing up as kids... There's a wrestling is a lot more accessible nowadays, and I think a lot of people take that for granted uh, that it's so easy to to get uh, to watch a program nowadays. No, I agree. There's so much out there, whether it's uh, legal means or illegal means. There's no shortage of wrestling. If you want it, as uh, Tony Khan says, watch your wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are doing. You know, there's so much out there. And uh, with that, I can't think of a smoother way to transition into our next topic, and that is discussing some of the modern era with the events of this past week. Uh, So there are multiple shows across the board that are starting to take shape. I'm talking about the bigger shows like pay-per-views. The WWE has their biggest show of the summer coming up in just a couple weeks. AEW has their Fighter Fighter Fest uh, special currently ongoing and continuing into next week. Uh, We also have Ring of Honor's return to pay-per-view next weekend. And we'll get into that a little bit later. 
And, and then I don't know if you follow Impact, Shane, but they also have their big show called Emergence taking place over SummerSlam weekend. So we'll start at the beginning of the week, and that's Raw. First of all, what did you think of the exchange of promos between Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman and the inclusion of Theory and Alpha Academy in that segment? I think we don't see Brock, um, you know, that often. So I think when he does show up, it's always welcome. You know, he uh, arrives, he suplexes and he leaves. Paul Heyman never a dull moment with that guy on the mic. He's so, so good. And regardless of who he's working with, um, whether it's um, Michael McGillicuddy or whether it's Ryback or whether it's Brock Lesnar, you know, or Roman Mm -hmm. Reigns, um, the guy is great to watch. Um, Alpha Academy, I actually really like those guys. I always feel that uh, Chad Gable's been underused over the past few years, whether it's size or what have you. He's such a good wrestler, um, and he works well with Otis. He can get anybody over in terms of his promos. His comedy is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Otis, again, you know, he's improved greatly to watch while he's associated with Gable as well. Terry, the jury is still out. I don't know if I'm a big fan or not. Yeah. Let's see what happens and how he progresses. But look, the guy's very young. You know, he's probably going to be around for the for many years to come. And let's see what kind of rubs he gets between SummerSlam and after that. If he does get a title with the money in the bank or whether mm-hmm. he doesn't, he could go another Damian Sando direction. So who knows? Right. And absolutely. And, and the one thing that I do like about Theory is that I appreciate that they are at least taking their time with him. As opposed to Liv Morgan, who just cashed in the same day that she won the Money in the Bank briefcase. At least with theory, you can tell that they have big, bigger plans ahead for him. Uh, and especially being involved in a segment with guys like Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, uh, I can see him being another um, another big player in the business one day. Uh, not yet, of course, but who knows when he will cash in the money in the bank. Maybe he will be at that point. I think so. I think he's eventually going to get the match with Cena, and um, whether mm-hmm. it's sooner or later, they might hold off to maybe next year's WrestleMania, right. depending on what Cena's schedule is going to allow, or when Cena actually wants to come back on WWE television with the, the reports and the media at the moment that's going mm-hmm. around. He might be holding off, but let's see what happens when he does come back. I think uh, his match with Terry is inevitable. It is going to happen at some stage. And, you know, everyone, myself included, is already whining about this Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns match. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. I can't say that it will be a bad match. I mean, I did think their Mania match was subpar, but given the last man standing stipulation, I think they'll have a lot more creative freedom, and it should be better than their previous encounter. The problem is that this is a match that has been almost done to death. It seems like their go-to match for bigger events. What have you thought about the build for the Reigns and Lesnar match thus far? And did the opening segment of Raw do anything to increase your inc- your interest in the program? Yeah, I can't see Lesnar winning, to be honest with you. I think the Bloodline is going to be champions for a while. So it has helped the tag team titles. When they lose those titles, it's going to be the biggest thing to happen to tag team wrestling in years. Um, when Reigns eventually loses it, you know, it's going to be a big, big thing, whoever that may be and how long that might take. But mm-hmm. I think... Reigns is going to have the title for a long time. I think with the match with the last man standing, there's going to be a lot of bells and whistles. You know, it will allow Lesnar to maybe wrestle for a longer match, so we might get more than the, the normal five ten minutes with that, with weapons and outside interference and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Regarding the build, again, Lesnar hasn't been on TV. He's really only coming into his own, showing up and rolling that now. So let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, with both of them being part-time, it's up to Heyman, kind of, and the Usos as well to build the program while the, the guys in the match are actually on TV or not on TV. Exactly, yeah. 
And uh, this coming week on Raw, we also have Logan Paul making his first appearance since WrestleMania. Uh, first of all, as a fan, do you care at all about Logan Paul? Yeah, no, no, we don't know too much about him. He's really been a wrestling character more than anything else. And mm-hmm. when after he first showed up on Pro Wrestling, we've kind of seen him um, on YouTube where you kind of notice him a bit more. His brother, the quote-unquote boxing matches and things like mm-hmm. that as well. That being said, um, he's pretty equipped in the ring for somebody who's only had a couple of matches or minimum training. Um, he's only going to get better, whether he's only going to be a part-timer for the foreseeable future. Um, in-ring, he's good, and he's a very dislikable person. So as a, as a heel, you can't go wrong. Whether he should be going against the Miz as a babyface is a different story. Um, there could be another twist in the tale. I think the fans could end up cheering Miz in their inevitable match. Um, but obviously, AJ Styles and Champa being involved as well um, might soften the blow there that AJ Styles will be paired with, with Logan. And then we have Theory, uh, who I mentioned earlier. He's getting a U.S. title rematch with Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. But then at the end of the Raw, and for no for no apparent reason at all, we have Dolph Ziggler come out and not only cost Theory the match, but then super kick him to close out Raw. Can you help make sense of any of this? Look, uh, as I touched on there earlier on, anything to give Theory the rub, you know, if he gets a clean win over Ziggler. Ziggler, as we've seen, he went down to NXT, did something similar earlier in the year. You know, at this stage of his career, he's happy to be enhancement talent. He's going to probably put over Thierry as, as good as he can, you know, and obviously lose, and hopefully that builds for Thierry to make him a bigger star. But look, Ziggler in the ring has always been good. You know, single matches as well. We haven't seen enough of it recently, so I welcome the match, and it should be a good one. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I think WWE did execute well this week uh, was the whole situation on NXT between Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. Here you have two young women who have been presented as teammates and best friends for at least a couple of months. They win the tag titles, and then they do the injury angle with Roxanne, only for her to come back in her t- for her title match and get double-crossed by her now former, I guess, best friend, Cora Jade. I liked it because it actually made perfect sense with Cora being jealous that Roxanne came in after her and kind of leapfrogged her over her to get a title match. My only issue was that it felt a bit rushed. I think they could have built the title match a little longer instead of the week after they just won the tag belts. Uh, what did you think of that whole thing? Yeah, very, very soon. They could have building it up for at least a couple of pay-per-views. It reminds me of the time when um, um, Jericho and AJ Styles were a tag team just mm-hmm. shortly before WrestleMania. They made the t-shirts and things like that. You knew they were going to split up very, very quickly. Right. It has those kind of vibes. I would have liked them again to stay together. Maybe there is a legitimate in, in injury that we don't know um, or some reason for the split, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, it could easily go for three or four months, or it should do anyway. Mm-hmm. And then on AEW, a star is born in Christian Cage. Uh, while controversial, he's delivering some of the best promos of his career. Uh, what have you thought about his feud thus far with Jungle Boy? And do we get the match at the pay-per-view instead of a Dynamite? Yes, it's, it's been entertaining, hasn't it? I think with MJF being out of action, I think uh, somebody needed to be that heel, the vocal heel, mm-hmm. to get uh, you know on the crowd's back, and Christian has done that. You know Whether he's taken too much attention onto himself, I don't think so. I think he will eventually lose to Jungle Boy. I'm not the biggest fan of Jungle Boy, to be honest with you, but let's see what happens in this feud with Christian, where Christian can put him over strong when he, when he eventually comes back. And obviously, mm. Luchasaurus came vibes all over the place as well. So hopefully they can get a Luchasaurus over in the process. Right, right. And, and one thing that I do like about Jungle Boy, uh, and I think one of the other uh, patrons of the SNME radio group had pointed out, is that they haven't really played up the fact that he is the son of Hollywood 
actor uh, or former the late uh, Luke Perry. Um, and I think that's a good idea because you want him to kind of branch out on his own. No, definitely. Well, we see Jim Ross, I think, is the only person who's been hammering at home for the past three mm-hmm. years. Jungle Jack Perry, he uses it all the time because he knows, you know, it's, it's go, this guy's a Hollywood superstar. His father was anyway. Mm-hmm. You need to be using that. You know, it's like um, if a second generation superstar comes up and you're not using their name. You know, it makes no sense. You know, if you've got those attachments, you've got to use them. Right. And Christian has done that in the past couple of weeks, not only with his deceased father, but also with the mother as well of Jungle Jack. And uh, lastly, looking at next week's Fighter Fest, we have the barbed wire match uh, between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Are you typically a fan of these types of matches? What, what kind of match are you expecting there? Not particularly, to be, to be honest with you. And as we've seen with, with AEW, they can go, they can be very hit and miss these matches. And Jericho is a good hand, so you know he could, he, he, you know, he could pull it out of the bag with Eddie. Eddie's a brawler, as we know. There probably will be a lot of bells and whistles. Somebody's probably going to get attempted to be lit on fire, also as well in the process. Hopefully, it actually goes to plan rather than the blood and guts match where you know they had the lighter fluid outside the ring. They were trying to stuff it back in, you know. And with those, it's another thing again. The AEW compared with the WWE, their television production. It's not always what it could be with WWE to hide these errors and hide these mistakes as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they go on at WWE TV. We just don't notice them because their production is so good. Um, but right. no, look, Jericho is always going to make things entertaining. Eddie has proven as well. The crowd is behind him as well. So I look forward to it. I will watch the match, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more than barbed wire in it. To look forward to. It. <laughs> Uh, we also had the very unusual tag title change to end Dynamite. Do you feel like it was too soon for the Bucks to lose the belts there? Absolutely, and I think it's been a trend. Um, the TNT title has been hot shotting an awful lot over the past year, and it seems to be going that way with the tag titles. Um, one of the great things about AEW since it started was their long-term storytelling. They didn't change titles that frequently whatsoever, um, and if they did, it was a big deal. Right. Um, I think definitely, yeah, hopefully... They'll pick somebody who they want to put the title on for six months, eight months, and hopefully stick with that. They've enough titles now that they don't need to be hot shot in one or two titles all the time. There'll be enough to have a new tight champion of one of the titles every couple of months or at every pay per view. But yeah, the tag team titles, I think they should have stayed with the young books for a little while at least. Mm. So I had mentioned uh, ROH earlier in the show, and uh, of course, but being a fan of AEW as you clearly are. And I'm not sure uh, if you follow if you followed uh, any of the Ring of Honor prior to uh, their association with AEW, uh, but there are already five matches announced for next week's pay per view, Death Before Dishonor, and all of those matches actually involve AEW talent. Uh, so I'm just going to list the matches, and if you can just give me your, some of your thoughts on each one, uh, we have uh, Serena Deeb uh, challenging Mercedes Martinez for the ROH Women's Title, and pretty odd uh, situation there too, when where you have uh, two women uh, who are kind of both both basically heels at the moment, and neither one really under contract to Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's a bit like Diana Parazzo as well. She was the recognized Ring of Honor champion, and then they put that interim title down on Mercedes Martinez. Mm-hmm. It didn't make an awful lot of sense. Hopefully when Ring of Honor gets regular TV, it's going to settle down. They're going to have their own rosters and that. But yeah, it is a strange one. Both heels, although this week's Dynamite we've seen Mercedes is probably going to play the baby face in this particular match. Mm-hmm. But look, it's going to be good wrestling. You know, anything with Deeb in it, she's probably the highlight. One of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler um, Absolutely. in the women's anyway in AEW. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good match. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, Serena Deep has really, really been outshining all of the women in AEW, in my opinion, anyway, maybe aside from Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker. Uh, but uh, she's right up there with the, with those two, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you look as well at Serena's age. Like she's mm-hmm. not, What was she doing in WWE for the past five or six years that she wasn't being used? Exactly. She's still quite young. She's a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also have uh, Wheeler Yuta, who had a really, really good showing in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. I, I don't know if you were able to watch any of that over in Japan, uh, but he is also the ROH Pure Champion. He'll be defending against Daniel Garcia. So again, continuing the rivalry uh, between the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, what do you think of this match here? Yeah, I think Bell to Bell has has great potential. Daniel Garcia, although one of his criticisms, he hasn't really had a gimmick of sorts or any type of character. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of just associates either with 2.0 or with Jericho. So Bell to Bell, there's no issues whatsoever. And there could be some outside interference in this as well, um, which kind of infringes on Ring of Honor's rule set. But mm-hmm. uh, again, it should be a really good match. Wheeler Yuta, I've been really, really impressed with over the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of a weird one now. Samoa Joe defending the television title against Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay Lethal, adds, honestly, he's been straight fire on the microphone lately. Him and Sanjay Dutt, actually. Uh, but Joe has been absent from the programs lately. So it's kind of a weird build here. Uh, do you anticipate that Joe will be showing up for this match? I think so. You'll wonder what kind of long-standing injuries Joe has had since, you know, NXT, since his WWE release uh, twice, and how often can he actually wrestle. I do see the match going ahead. I don't know how long it's going to go on for, and I could probably see Jay Lethal winning that, whether it's, again, it's interference um, mm-hmm. with Dust or the bodyguard or not. But, um, yeah, something seems to be off with Joe. I don't know what his long-term plans are for wrestling at the moment, but it's not looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for the best there. Um, so this one is just going to be absolutely phenomenal, probably one of the greatest tag matches of this year. And that says a lot when you consider all the AEW tag teams, it'll be the Briscoes challenging FTR for the ROH world tag team titles. Uh, they already had a match, uh, earlier this year, which FTR won. So I did kind of find it weird that the champions would issue the challenge here, especially when they won the previous encounter. Uh, what do you think of this match and um, and the builds thus far? Oh, two of the big guns. FTR have been absolutely excellent the past year, particularly since the babyface run. Um, Briscoe's also, um, their short run and impact has been quite good as well. Um, they've had some good matches. The crowd are really into them. I can't see FTR losing any of those belts at the moment. I can see them carrying the three championships they have to go in there against the Young Bucks at a big pay-per-view. So it's going to be FTR all the way. Mm-hmm. Gonna be and uh, then, of course, on top, you have uh, just announced this past week. Um, well, I don't know if it's officially announced, but they did make reference to the fact that Claudio Casagnoli is next in line for Jonathan Gresham's ROH world title. Uh, a weird set of circumstances here as well. Gresham just turned, did the heel turn on Lee Moriarty uh, last week, is now associated with Tully Blanchard. Uh, but this match should be incredible. Uh, do you are you expecting a title change here? I don't think so. I think with the heel turn, they're gonna trying to try and build Gresham, particularly with Tully there as well for the for the next few months. Claudio, is he going to be a permanent fixture on the Ring of Honor roster when the TV gets going? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a good match, a strong match, but I can see Gresham holding on to the title. Excellent stuff. 
So uh, that wraps up another yet another week. Uh, thank you, Shane, for joining us. Uh, for Shane McDonald, I am Blaine the Brain signing off with an ABC. Yeah.